we have have evolved to breathe poorly. Like because our brains got bigger, we our mouths changed, our nose changed. I'm going to tell you right now, I feel like a fucking half a human not even knowing how to properly breathe. So anyway. <laughs> this is the thing. Like, <laughs> I wish somebody does. taught me. But nobody like, does. hot tip, you don't actually know how to breathe. Hey, ladies. Hey, ladies, and welcome back to Herspective, and welcome to wave two of the coronavirus. I know. I I mean, we all expected this to happen. It's really no surprise. I know. I was thinking about it a lot lately, actually, because I don't understand. If they knew, like, at the beginning that we were going to go into wave two now, why... Like, how did they know that? Like, well, because why they and why didn't we have more preventative measures? Like, what what was causing it? Because they opened, but they knew they were saying wave two is going to happen in the fall, regardless. Before we reopened, after shutting down the first time, so I've just been thinking about it a lot, and I'm kind of like going down the conspiracy rabbit hole a little bit. Not going to lie. <laughs> um, also. I'm sorry to be that person. I don't want to be that person, but the COVID rules make no sense to me. I'm, I just, it's kind of making me a little crazy and I feel like I need to rant about it. And I also feel like I'm not the only one who feels this way, but this whole, like they're asking us not to get together with family over Thanksgiving, uh, keep it small or keep it only with those that you live in the same household with, yet we can go to a gym or restaurants or malls, hair salons, and not to mention schools are open. So we're expected to trust like complete strangers when you walk into any of these places, facilities, because they, they, they're wearing a mask that they've, the scientists have also said like, it may or may not help. Like it helps a bit for sure, but like it also depends what kind of mask you're wearing. So anyway, I just, I'm kind of a little annoyed by this because I can't trust that my own family won't be infected and we won't spread it within each other, but I can trust to be out in locations that allow for like fairly populated like dense populations, like a mall, for instance, because complete strangers are wearing a mask and I'm trusting that they have done their own self-assessment and haven't left or won't leave their house because they are symptom-free. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it just, doesn't it seem a little ass backwards? Take a breath. Yes. <laughs> I can't. I know. Thank God for this episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, no, I totally do agree with you. It is like really weird that we're supposed to go back into our bubbles yet nothing is closed down and like clearly a lot of the outbreaks are stemming from you know a lot of the similar things like bars everyone's getting drunk and still like kissing and touching and smoking and stuff together like of well they're losing their inhibition so they're not paying attention they're not thinking completely before they do something yeah of course and i'm not blaming people Because a lot of people, maybe they didn't even know they had it, but I don't think it's just bars. Like, we obviously can't just segment one group. 
I think it's more like the parties, like people getting together in large groups and clearly not doing any kind of like social distancing or protecting. But I just, I just was watching, like I've been watching the news again. I'm trying not to go back into that like routine of constantly watching and just like hearing uh, a lot of our politicians talking about that and saying like, oh, Thanksgiving weekend is coming up. Uh, you know, don't get together as a family, but still go to the mall or the yeah. gym yeah, or school. Well, like even at the gym, so like if- at, in classes at the gym, you wear, it's the fucking stupidest thing. You wear your mask in the shoe area, like in the change rooms and stuff, but then you go into the class and you're all breathing in there and then you're supposed to... But- Put your mask it's not on just the class out. yeah exactly you do that everywhere when you're walking around the mall you have to wear the mask but when you're in a restaurant you wear a mask to and from your table all of a sudden once you're at your table there's an invisible yes. force field around yes, you that's exactly like it doesn't point. that's exactly my point too and and we all know that people that maybe have some symptoms will say that they don't or they'll think oh i'm sure it's fine and still like go and whatever conduct their lives as they normally do like because maybe to be they... fair it is also cold and flu season cool. absolutely it's and we know I had a cold. i'll tell you about that <laughs> right so but that's my point is like i'm a stranger to somebody else you don't know if i'm yeah. being truthful like it just it just seems ass backwards like i said um well i saw a meme so... today that was like if we all agreed legit to stay home for two whole months and we got rid of covid like would we just do that I think I would do that. Just two months. I would and do that. Go back. We to did normal. it in the first place. Exactly. From March till I didn't see anybody till May. So that's two months right there. And just barely saw people starting in the May. And that was just immediate family. And then everybody else was social distance for the most part. So, I mean, it's possible. We just won't, which sucks because, like, there's all the naysayers that's like, oh, it's a hoax or it's a conspiracy. I believe co- coronavirus is real. Obviously, I'm not an idiot, but I just question the direction that our quote unquote fearless leaders are giving us. And if it's coming from the scientists, fine, but it just doesn't even seem like that makes sense, like coming from them. So you can't see your family who you should know and trust and probably have been seeing this whole time because they probably already were in your bubble, but you can go out and be with many many strangers at any kind of like location so anyway that was my rant of the day i had to do it i would love to know what other people think like if you think i'm way off by saying what i've said or what we're saying uh way off base or if you agree like we want to know because it just i'm a little like freaked out what the next like couple months is gonna look like I know it's kind of like even though we anticipated the second wave now that we're like entering it 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 feels a lot more uncertain now because what do we yeah, just keep totally. going to several different waves like how is that gonna work yeah so when does it end it, yeah. when they finally make a vaccine yeah. or it just dies out like obviously that's not gonna happen and who no. knows when a vaccine is gonna be available and who are the people that are gonna be willing to take the first round of vaccine anyway we don't want to make this episode about coronavirus but it just because this has been like coming up so much lately and with the thanksgiving weekend in canada coming it's obviously a pain point for me because i'm trying to like figure out like how to have thanksgiving and Um, see your family well i think the bottom line is everyone try to be safe like fuck 
don't go near strangers right now stay in if you can i mean if you do get drunk at a bar or at a party like don't share stuff with people anyways like maybe just don't do that also yeah don't get drunk at a bar like we haven't for a party for a reason but some people have so (laughs) yeah Anyway, yeah, like people, if we could all just work together, like I think that's really the point of my rant is it just seems like obviously people are out there with the virus, whether they know or they don't know that they have it and kind of like spreading it a lot. So so if you don't mind not so, spreading it, yeah, if you could not, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, but we have an awesome episode as per usual. Uh, before we get into it, I do want to thank our sponsor for this episode, House of Hyla, for supporting Herspective. House of Hyla is a Canadian shoe brand bringing you the most beautiful, comfortable, and affordable vegan leather monochromatic pumps. You can check out their full line of products at houseofhyla.com. You can also check them out on Instagram at houseofhyla. And of course, use code HERSPECTIVE20 at checkout for 20% off your order of any generation to purchase. So they've got the monochromatic pumps. That's what they're known for. But they do have a men's and kids line that is absolutely amazing too. And the kids shoes are so adorable and just so on trend. And we got the in from Hyla herself that more is to come. So just keep a, a lookout for that. Absolutely. And yeah, back to the show. <laughs> back to the <laughs> regularly scheduled listening material. Oh, I do have something. What? So last week we chatted about John Legend and his cheese slices and just like being like a normal person. <laughs> yeah. Well, seeming like like he's not like a celebrity in that moment, just bringing in like packaged meats and cheese and it just was like very relatable and uh we were chatting about it because obviously it brought some levity to the situation that they were in um for anybody who isn't aware or doesn't like you know follow celebrities or have social media (laughs) yeah or who lives under rocks um this is for you but no in all seriousness like it's really terrible because they did lose the baby that um halfway through the pregnancy and that's why like Chrissy Teigen was in hospital and she was very open about it and posting about it because that's what she does like that's what she's known for she posts about pretty much everything in her life um and obviously we're not going to talk about like that but you know one week it was talking about like how relatable it was and like how kind of cute and funny it was to see that and and I mean, it's still very relatable for a lot of people, a lot of women and couples that have lost a child, unfortunately, and it's absolutely heartbreaking and our hearts certainly go out to them. But what I wanted to chat about is the trolls of this situation. Have you actually ever, today was the first time I've ever sat down and uh, scrolled through a celeb's um, comment section. It wasn't. Chrissy Teigen, but I can only freaking imagine what that poor woman has heard because she claps back. So that's hilarious and good for her. But um, this was about Khloe Kardashian, which I don't even know why I was looking at it. It's so stupid. But the trolls actually say the most ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, first of all, 
The celeb is not reading it. Second of all, your random opinion about these strangers to you makes you look ridiculous. Oh my God, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing and it's uncalled for and it's unnecessary and that's exactly what's wrong with the world. Like, again, specific to like the Chrissy Teigen and John Legend situation is people like criticizing them for posting about it or talking about it or like saying it's karma and things like that. Like, what is wrong with you? And it really, it's like the world is full of ugliness. Can everybody just shine a little bit more loving light onto the world instead of stuff like that like because my thing is what are you doing with your day is this what you do like you have all day or what all night to like troll celebs or people with any kind of notoriety and make horrible mean nasty and just flat out stupid comments that's what it is it's like stupid it doesn't even make sense half the time karma for what like who are you and also like i could never imagine celeb or not fellow woman commenting something hateful about a miscarriage um one well it wasn't a miscarriage she had to deliver stillborn oh sorry stillborn so i couldn't even imagine any woman uh putting something sick and gross about that situation ever let alone a celeb who's not going to read it but also what would i just don't know (laughs) who is are they expecting to read that who are they expecting to get through with that like is your life so fucking sad and pathetic that you need to put some hate on a photo like what yeah what is the goal like what are you trying to accomplish are you do they think that they're gonna get famous by their comments or somebody or people are going to read it and be like wow so profound yeah, like, go like viral with an amazing mean comment <laughs> yeah like this one random fucking like kitty cat 49 says something <laughs> and they're all of a sudden gonna like anyone's gonna care yeah or obviously you're right like these people are obviously just that like sad and miserable with their own lives that this is the only I don't know perverse like pleasure that they get or like makes themselves feel better I guess it's the you know typical bully or like misery loves no, company I don't think type these situation because bullies, they're hiding behind something i think these are the people that they're screen warriors yeah, they're not yeah. bullies they would never say this shit to a face-to-face um maybe though speaking of chrissy Teigen and her clapbacks perhaps they're just trying to get her attention that way and like literally get shouted out by her clapping back at them yeah it's like the good only point. thing that, that is makes probably sense. some of their goal it really does because it's just it's so hideous and (laughs) it's so sad yeah because people i just picture these people like sitting in their sad dark little room just typing away angrily at celebrities and public figures or anybody actually like even non like just deciding that they can comment on somebody else's photo i mean we all make comments the only comments i post are friends typically empowerment empowering loving caring supportive like excited for somebody's big news or something like that and the odd time i have commented against a troll where like somebody has like trolled something and i just actually felt passionate about like that topic or the 
the post that was being made, like something about racism or you just anything to do with women. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten into a very few like social media disputes because I just feel like, you know what, if you're going to take the energy to be out here to hate, I'm going to put some energy to try and like either remind you to shut the fuck up and sit the fuck down or just kind of like be that voice to be like, what are you doing? Like, do you hear stop, yourself? Or stop do you right now. Like, <laughs> That's what we need. Yeah, just stop it. Yeah. Um, because, like, what they've written has, like, enraged me enough to, like, feel like, no, I need to say something because, like, this really bothers me and I it feels like no one's saying anything. And usually there's a million other people that, like, also, you know, go against the hater, yeah, too. But I think it's really but pointless. It just, yeah. I think those people should just be, like, I blocked. felt compelled in those situations. And also I think that celebrities should probably just turn off their comment section. Like, why? What, you don't need the empowerment from strangers. Because- yeah, but the, it's the engagement. Some of these celebrities and like people have committed to opening up their lives or they enjoy the social aspect or like maybe they want to know who their fans are and have conversations with good fans people or just like people and and they have friends and family too right like instagram isn't just for like the average joe like these people have a life also and they want to share it with people maybe they don't see that often and for the celebrities that do follow the rules in COVID, like they're secluded from family and friends also. Um, So yeah, I don't think they should ever turn off their comments. It really, what it comes down to is people need to just stop being assholes. Like I think that's kind of the bottom line. Also Trump has COVID enough said (laughs) period. Like, okay. Enough said. (laughs) Just to wrap that up real quick. Um, like you said that in the same breath because <laughs> I just felt it was that. all really related. Anyways, yeah, I like that. That's enough said. The point of this comment also is just like we need to be spreading more love and joy and support and empowerment. Yes. And that kind of brings us into exactly what this episode is all about. I was just going to say that exact same thing. It really brings us into what this episode is all about. So today... Is there an echo in here? When you make a good point, Lauren. Yeah, you made a good point. I wanted to also make that good point. <laughs> Anyways, um, today we have on like such an amazing woman who is... I know we say this for a lot of people, a Jill of all trades, but she's like literally trained in her in realm of um, expertise. Yeah, she really like is certified in everything. Yeah, we're like, when does this list end? But anyways, it's amazing. Yeah. She so she is trained um, in so many alternative fields of health, including I'm just going to list it for you guys just so you can kind of get an idea of where we're coming from when we were talking to her. She's a registered acupuncturist. She teaches movement, breath, yoga, and meditation. She has a psych degree, of course. Why not? Um, she's studied Reiki, traditional Chinese medicine, and more and more and more. So she is really just focused on incorporating uh, metaphysics, meditation, breath, etc., into her practice, into, into how she helps people. So our guest today is Lori Kamer, and she is... Uh, coming to us to talk a lot about all of these fields of health. And I mean, let her just explain it because she does it so well. We have a a really jam-packed episode for you guys today. Yeah, exactly. She is just like certified in so many different things. And her whole 
thought process and mission is to teach people how to like utilize like their body and their mind and like get connected and get connected with each other and spread love and joy and happiness and light in the world. Um, But one of the interesting facts and reasons that we wanted to speak with Lori initially too is we discovered that she has uh, done ayahuasca. A.K.A. plant medicine. Yes, which she'll obviously get into that. So that was something that you and I kind of thought we wanted to do one day. I mean, I guess we still do, right? Maybe. I don't know. After talking to Lori, I, know, I yeah. feel like it maybe <laughs> changed my mind a little bit. Maybe because I think like speaking to somebody who's actually done it, like some real information here other than what we just like pull from the media um we have got a little bit uh more details and i think it's a little different than we thought but i mean fuck it i still like the idea of it so maybe one day we'll just fly to peru yeah i mean the way Lori explains it is definitely real and there's pros and cons that she actually like knows about like it wasn't like you said what we learned from movies and glamorized from the media. And no. so that was kind of also why we wanted to talk to Lori and understand that more, which we do now. And we will let her explain it to our listeners also. Um, a lot about spirituality and a lot about breath work and like the importance of breathing. Cause like who knew how important breathing was. Well, and also who knew how to do it, which we didn't. So yeah. Uh, yeah, she thanks. taught us how to breathe. Yeah, thank you, Lori, for that. <laughs> so I think now, without further ado, <laughs> we're going to welcome you to the show, Lori. Welcome to the show, Lori. Thank you so much for being here. We're so excited to chat with you today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. It's super exciting. Um, obviously, you have a lot of great things that we want to know about. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, this is this is a bit uh, different for us. So we're chatting with you about like spirituality. And in our other episodes, like spirituality has been involved in the show and other people's, um, well, their life. And it's part of like what they use to help them manifest and just, you know, d- different things really. Um But your story is a little bit different, uh, particularly one part, which we'll get to. But like, what it what is spirituality? I think that's one thing we could start with. And like, who are you? And what is your story? Tell tell our listeners about yourself. So it's interesting, because even the word spirituality has has had many meanings for me, even from when I started. Initially, I think, you know, what it meant for me was, you know, connecting to something that's bigger than just this existence, right? Like we have our physical body, we have our thoughts, we have our experiences, our emotions. But, you know, my understanding is that there's so much more than just this, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's a way to connect. And, and this is something that has kind of always been an experience for me. When I was young, I used to have really, really vivid dreams. And, you know, those like ghost kind of experiences. And and I had told myself for so many years that it wasn't real. And um, mostly because it was really scary. (laughs) And for sure, I hear that. (laughs) (laughs) And it was only been through the last like, 
you know, 12 years or so that I've really been embracing those experiences that I had and, and getting to understand what might have been happening. And, and so my journey over the last 12 years started initially with doing a yoga teacher training and, and learning about, you know, just connecting to my mind and my body in a different way. And then through that, it just all these doors open and I started to learn more about you know, what my dreams might mean, or what does it mean to have an energetic body? Because essentially, even when you take it down to the science level, like we're just all atoms vibrating together. And when you start to look at it from that experience, then you can understand, oh, I can actually attract certain things based on the energetic flow of life. And yeah, so it's just been a really interesting journey of just learning as much as I can. And, you know, right now, spirituality is really equated with what I'm calling spiritual bypassing, where people are kind of neglecting what's happening in the world right now by way of just being like, oh, it's just my experience. I need to only think about myself. But right now, I think there, there's, there's a bigger picture that we need to be focusing on. And um, part of the spiritual journey is making this world a better place for everyone, as far as I'm concerned. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. When you say um, you want to use spirituality to kind of make the world a bit a better place as a whole, do you think that we all need to focus on our individual spirituality? Um, and I hope I'm like using that the right <laughs> way. Um, or like we all have to connect into a, a, a collective spirituality. Like, what do you mean? By I think that? it's a bit of both, actually. You know, on on some level, I think we need to understand what it means for ourselves to be in this existence, right? Like, what does it mean to have a body and have a job and, and whatever it may be? Like, you know, one of the things that I'm really been learning about more recently is this whole idea of colonialism, right? And capitalism. And, you know, from this is stuff I knew before, but I'm just getting a different language about it now. Um, you know, we're, we're conditioned societally or culturally to be a certain way. We're told certain things to do, certain ways to behave. And so a lot of us, I think, don't even really know who we are at our core. Does that make sense? So much sense. That yeah. makes total sense. I think that is, like, I think that is hitting the nail yeah. on the head is that we think we do. And then if you actually, like, take a minute and, like, sit down with yourself or, like, give yourself time to just analyze your life or look at your life and that, that doesn't mean like in a negative way like I'm not saying oh look at your life people like it's probably shit I'm just saying like do you ever stop and just think like is this really what I want to be doing is this really like the life I thought I'd have or is this just what I think I need to be doing because like society says so kind of thing yeah and that's kind of what I meant about the collective versus the individual because are we supposed to and, and I totally agree I don't think people are aware of like their their core goings on <laughs> goings on <laughs> I guess that's my my fake word for the episode. Um, always yeah. one of those. <laughs> but so are we like are we if we all did that, would we just be better people with our individual beliefs? Or do you think we'd be connected to a more um, like similar spirituality? Would we all feel more similar together because we are more aware? Are you talking about like self-awareness, Jess? Like, kind we of, all need yeah. To be like, more if we all sat there and got self-aware, or all, all sat there and analyzed our shit. Would we come to like a more connected place? I basically? I think so. Yeah. Like the more we can get to know ourselves 
and, and live our life authentically, the more, like when you get to know yourself. So one of the, there's that buzzword, <laughs> authenticity. One of the things yeah. that I learned, I was doing a meditation teacher training a few years ago. And so I was studying about like the impacts of meditation on the brain. And one of the things is that when you sit in meditation, you're actually um, connecting with a part of your brain that is sort of tapped into the collective consciousness. And so although you're alone in this space of meditation, you're actually feeling more more of a community because there's this like energy that you're tapping into that we're all sort of connected on some level. We all come from the same source. And so the more you actually go inward the more compassion you can build for yourself and other people. Does that make sense? And so then if we're living from that place of like, oh, I truly really love myself. And if I love myself, then I should want other people to love themselves. And then, and then there's, there's less greed. There's there's less war, whatever is happening Mm -hmm. in the world right now. Like there's just, everyone is so me, me, me focused in the wrong direction because we're, we're taught that we're not enough. Like we're always trying to achieve, um, getting more wealth, more things, more acquiring all people, whatever it may Just be. Stuff. Yeah, there's so much stuff that it's we're It's all about to stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so because of that, we we're, and we're not nourishing what we actually need, right? Like what we actually need are our basic um, things covered, like our food, our water, and connection. Connection is one of the things that mm-hmm. we really, really need. Yeah. And and although we have the ability to connect more than we ever have had before, like, look at this, we're on, we can, we can connect through audio, we can connect through video, we can connect to the other side of the world. But, you know, people aren't getting the like the touch and the community. genuine connections. Yeah. And yeah. so that's kind of yeah. been like my basis of what I'm my my business partner and I are doing is we want to connect community. We want people to come together and see like, we're all the same on some level. We might have different struggles, but we have the same desires internally of like, we want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be noticed. We want to know that we are good enough. Exception. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's That's a really interesting point that you say, because, and this has come up on the show before too, talking about um, like having love for yourself, self-love and that being kind of the bridge to then being more compassionate and loving others. And it's always those simple, yeah. simple, like, words to live by um, is just love yourself. And obviously, I know for a lot of people, it's a lot easier said than done. For probably all of us at some point, it's a lot easier said than done. But when you do, and I'm speaking for myself, definitely when you find that love for yourself more and you're like okay like I am comfortable in this skin now and I you know there's things about me that aren't perfect I don't look like I just walked out of a magazine and but that's okay because I'm not supposed to and that's not real either when you have that I find that you're less judgmental of other people Mm -hmm. you're less jealous or envious um you definitely compare yourself less and that sort of like idea of greed fades too, where you're like, well, or, or I guess I shouldn't say necessarily greed, but like back to the envy thing is just like, I don't care that this the person, comparison, I think, yeah, is driving like the newest BMW or Mercedes or some fancy car. And I don't care that this person is like seemingly so much more successful than I am like you. And those are just examples, like from a general standpoint, but 
I think we do that so much. There's this like keeping up the, with the um, Joneses is a total yeah. millennial thing. I, yeah. I guess it touches every generation, but we do seem to like have that focus where it's like I have to be as good as the next person or better. Yeah. Um, but then when you stop feeling like that, because you're obviously what you're doing is like comparing yourself because you don't love certain things about yourself or certain things about your life. But when you either make those changes where you're like, okay, I could keep hating this or I could make the change or do something to like feel better and get to a better place, then you stop doing that. Um, So I just, that was long winded uh, explanation (laughs) of my understanding of it, but it it is really true because it just that like what you said really spoke to me because I, I even noticed that in myself over the years, I think it comes with maturity too. But um, it's true. When I stopped, like, hating certain things about myself or my life, I didn't care about other people. I wasn't trying to, like, compare myself. And I stopped being as judgmental. And I stopped started being more supportive and, like, loving and, like, excited for other people and, like, trying to lift them up. And I'm sure, like, overall happier. With yeah. And life. I'm not saying I was, like, a bitch and was, like, you know, trying to drag people down or, like... No, you're never a mean girl. <laughs> no, but it was more, like, directed inwards. Just like, oh, yeah. why don't I have that? Yeah. Or why don't I look like that? Or yeah. why can't I be that? Instead, it was like, go for it. Like, good for you. Like, look how good they're doing. That's so amazing. I'm so excited for them. So happy for them. So it's, again, it's a simple thing, but it's very hard to do. I think this is the whole thing about, like, this all comes back to this, like, cultural conditioning or the societal conditioning, right? Like, we're told we need to be a certain way to be accepted. And, and you know, it, it's gotten so much worse through so, social media, looking at all of these, like, not even yeah. social media, just the media in general, like you see all these perfect things. Yeah. But over the last since COVID, and especially since the, the most recent Black Lives Matter movement, I started following a bunch of different people on Instagram. And like, one of them is like a woman who talks about normalizing body and skin, like, you know, no one has perfect skin. It's just not a reality. And yet we're trying to obtain these, these flawless facials and body images. And it's just, it's just not realistic. And I think that there's this whole new movement going in a different direction where we're going to start to honor the flaws in people maybe is, is a good way of putting it. Um, Cause we are all flawed and on some level and that, and those flaws are perfect. And so this kind of segues into what I've been doing more recently is through my breath, um, practices is is like rewriting the story like taking all of that cultural yeah. conditioning and 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 deciding like you know what that doesn't actually fit and so I'm gonna change that story into a different direction so it's kind of in line of what you're talking about earlier with manifesting but from a deeper level because if you're living from that place of love then you just call in different things different experiences different people in your life I think that we're so geared to want to change things, but the healthier we become with doing, um, you know, things like manifestation or, or whatever it is, the, the more likely we're going to want to change like internal flaws or internal negativities. You know what I mean? We'll still want to change it, which is still a good thing. It's not bad to want to change bad things or whatever, but it's less likely to care about changing, you know, shit that you can't change. If you have certain skin, you have certain skin. Um, but and so maybe you, they shouldn't even be called flaws. Like yeah. that's yeah. just normal. It's just yeah. unique, and that's who you like are. A wrinkle and that's, is inevitable. Yeah, it's it not is. a flaw. But Botox is a great thing. And <laughs> yeah, right. And it, I'm here for it. And it's it. okay, right? Like I can, <laughs> and that's cool too, right? And and it's okay. Like we could all embrace different things. Like I definitely 
want, like I like to look a certain way or, or feel a certain way. And, yeah. and, you know, we, this is the thing is like, can we just accept people for who they are, no matter what that is, whether they, whether they want to look a certain way or not, like if, you know, it's the whole thing. We have to accept ourselves first. Yeah. I think that's a huge yeah, problem. That is true. Yeah. And that ties in, right? Yeah. Like it's about acceptance when you love yourself or accept yourself for who yeah. you are in all of the ways, yeah. then you will accept other people. Yeah. And I even do notice that like going through like Instagram, I don't know if this ever like happened to you guys or you were this way, um, but you kind of just automatically hone in on things that may not be societally accepted or society's norm so like when you scroll through and like there's a picture of a woman and maybe she's not a size two and maybe she isn't like society's standard of beauty and your brain kind of like says it like oh well she's kind of fat or she's kind of like and and sometimes I'm like why do I even think like that because like I don't even know where this came from and I don't really feel that way I look at it and I'm like this is amazing. She's so great. And like, oh, I love what she's doing or I love what this post is about. But there's like this other side of the brain that is like telling me, well, that's not what society likes yeah. and that's not what society accepts. And like, you shouldn't do that. It's so ingrained you shouldn't look like that. in your brain. I don't think you yeah, can control like it is. that thought process. I think it's just inevitable. Well, that, this is, this is a, again, reason yeah. why the breath and meditation can be so profound in the way that it helps you. Because the brain is actually really efficient, right? Like it works like a computer and it actually programs things into different categories. And so we make everything, everything we see, we're relating it to things we've seen in past. And so it's actually going into those categories. And so we need to be the ones to go in and see if we can change those categories, right? Like it's Rewire interesting because like you say, like fat phobia is a big thing, right? I'm, I'm following the body positive movement right now. And it's, it's just like really interesting. I'm learning all of these different ideas about what it means to be beautiful. And, and it's all beautiful. But, you know, there's, there's a, a, a person I follow who's trans, and it's like, you know, I'm always like trying to put them in a category of like, are you man or woman? Are you man? I'm like, I don't care whether they're man or woman. It doesn't matter to me yeah. at all. But my brain is like, no, no, like you need to know. Choose. <laughs> yeah. And and it's yeah. interesting because I was talking yeah. with a friend of mine and she's like, this is another societal thing, right? Like we, how we relate to other people is based on things that we've decided of like, if it's a man, we, we, we act this way. And if it's a woman, we act this way. And yeah. so our brain yeah. is literally trying to do these things because it all fits into how we, we were, we've, how we've learned to live in this experience. But you know, the kids nowadays, gender is not a big thing for them, right? They, they don't really, they're yeah. not as yeah. fluidity. And so it's so the, their brains are going to be different than the way our brains are programs, right? So, but we mm-hmm. have the ability because breath is the only thing within our system that's, that's automatic, that happens no matter what we do. But we have the ability to affect our breath, we can stop it, we can start it, we can hold it, we can we can make it faster, we can make it slower. And so we're taking something that's involuntary, and we're controlling it. And so when you can do that, you can so almost like you're taking over your nervous system. And then you can start to seed the things that you want, you can start to reprogram your body your mind. So that's, that's why it's so effective. Before before we even yeah, get so into let's that, take it yeah, back. <laughs> I want yeah. you, not only in this call have you mentioned you are yoga teacher certified, you're meditation certified. We know you do your breath work. Um, 
you know, I know you're an acupuncturist, so you are literally a Jill of all trades. Let's, let's start back, like, and tell us, yeah, like what, where did it all start? What else, what other trainings do you have? Like, and then I want to definitely focus a bit on the breath because I think it's so interesting, um, how something so natural like your breath is something that you can help alter your body. So tell us more stuff. Okay. (laughs) So like I said, when I was young, I was, I was super sensitive to everything, every like little thing. I saw things, I experienced things. I, I, and I kind of like blocked it all because it was really scary and I didn't know what it meant. And, um, so I kind of pretended that it didn't happen. And I, I started to, um, kind of drown it all in alcohol in some level. Like I was just like, I'm just going to be popular and drink a lot (laughs) and have a lot of fun. I think that's common for people. (laughs) Um, so then I, it was, after university, I finished my psychology degree and I was like, what am I going to do with my life? And I, I guess I was really struggling with anxiety and, um, I can't sit still. Like there was just so much going on in my life. And I was like, what am I going to do with my life? And so my sister took me to a yoga class at at the Y and that was kind of like my segue into yoga. I was, I, I thought it was fun. It wasn't really anything that attracted me right away. Um, and I was going to get into nursing and then all of a sudden I was on a flight to Korea where I went to go live for a year teaching English. And that was kind of like the doorway, I guess, to, to understanding that there's so much more to life than, than I had imagined. And, um, while I was there, I did like a couple yoga classes, like on DVD and I started to like it a little bit more. And then I came home and my sister's like, you have to come check out this hot yoga class. So I went to hot yoga class and I was in there in the end and we did an ohm. And as we were oming, it was like this like energy moved through my body and I got goosebumps everywhere. And for the first time in my life, I felt like I landed in my body. I always found it kind of felt like I didn't belong anywhere. Um, I felt like such a weirdo. Wow. <laughs> and, and wow. it was like, so it was like, oh my gosh, there is a place for me in this world. And Shortly after that, I did my yoga training. And as I was in that experience, I, I started to understand about the energy body. And we talked a lot about this, this work of like getting to know yourself, I guess. One of my teachers was really big on that. And um, through that experience, so I had a lot of like chronic pain growing up and so and like a lot of digestive issues. So I had um, one of the women in my program, she was a naturopath. So I went to see her and one of my first sessions with her, she did acupuncture. And I was like, what did you do? She stuck a needle in me and, and I just started bawling. <laughs> and, and so I was like, what is this voodoo stuff? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and it was the first time in my life where I had a doctor that actually listened to me or like a healthcare provider that actually listened to me and didn't ignore me. And, and I felt, I felt seen for the first time. Um, and then I moved back to Korea and I was trying to teach yoga there and it didn't really work that much, but through that process, I decided that I wanted to learn more about like the energy body. And so I did a Reiki training and then I went to Thailand for six weeks and I did Thai massage training. And through that, I met this, this, this guy. (laughs) You have a lot of certifications (laughs) and trainings. Like you've been on like a, just an education journey also, I I feel like. Well, when we put your picture up and advertise for this episode, I don't even know what we're going to call you. <laughs> and that's what people are like. So it's, I literally have people calling me or sending me a message being like, 
So someone sent me to you. I don't even know what you do, <laughs> but they told me I need to come. I'm like, like what? Okay, are you? well, what's your interest? <laughs> You're like, what don't I do? <laughs> uh, but it all it all kind yeah. of fits. That's <laughs> yeah, I can help you with everything. <laughs> That's what my my ex husband used to bug me all the time because he's like, stop training and all these things. I'm like, no, it all kind of segues into the same thing. Like it's all mm-hmm. learning, and yeah, they are all connected. connected. It's like yeah. an alternative health root right very mind body and soul yeah Yeah. so so then I my him and my ex-husband and I we we traveled for nine months uh through Asia and just had the most amazing experience of just seeing the world and when I came home I was like okay now what am I going to do with my life (laughs) so and I really wanted to teach yoga and so I I've I've had a lot of trials and tribulations with that too I ended up um briefly getting involved with um an ownership of a studio and that didn't really work out and so then I um I ended up meeting this this gentleman who was an acupuncturist and he really wanted to combine yoga and acupuncture together and this is kind of like where every the lights went off and so he would put needles in people and I would guide yoga and it was while they had the needles well in? so we would do like a little bit of a movement flow and then they would we put the needles in and everyone would lie down in shavasana and we i would do reiki on them and wow. it was just such an incredible experience but this this guy he would do a lot of acupuncture on me and i was just fell in love and so through kind of his guidance in a way i decided to go and get my acupuncture training and so that was three years of um really intense studying through that process I went through a divorce which was even more the you know I just can't explain like working working full-time pretty much teaching yoga studying 35 hours a week and going through divorce like it was a pretty wild time in my life so tough um that's a lot but you know it really but at least you were in that like spiritual um (laughs) mind body and soul type line of work because I feel like someone who also worked like a corporate like nine to five high stress job would not have come out very well on the other side right yeah then where do you have the time for that so yeah and it's and that's kind of like I remember I there was one point where I was doing a a nine to five office job and I remember like sitting on the floor filing and I was like this will kill my soul if I do this for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of why I did the yoga training initially um but through all this process too this I I ended up getting into plant medicine um just to to dig into we'll get into that (laughs) obviously add that to the list um and that's kind of where like I started to find more confidence in myself I think because I was really I had I kind of struggled with social anxiety a little bit um and yeah so it's just been like this whole evolving process of getting to know myself on a deeper level and um I still I still was struggling with my pain I still do but like I've just got different tools to deal with it but after I finished my acupuncture training I was again in that place of like when I'm not learning I kind of feel lost like learning really gives me I don't know it just gives me direction it gives me purpose and so do you think it's a distraction though at the same time on some levels maybe um but it's just like it just it brings me so much joy to be learning 
Yeah, I agree with that too. I sometimes I wonder if it's a distraction. It doesn't like because I'm the same way, and I maybe I'm not buckling down on things that I should be because I just want to keep learning. But on the other hand, I'm like fuck it, there are worse things to want to do. <laughs> right? <laughs> I watched this video years ago on TED Talks. It was called a multi potentialite, and it was literally a woman who was just talking about. She's like, there are some people in the world that just once they like to learn, and it's like they're they're good at many things, and so they 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 learn something they get really good at that and then they move on to the next thing and again that's a societal thing that we we are supposed to pick a job and just stick with it and and I I have like ants in my pants I can't sit still I just love to yeah and that's like an old-fashioned thing yeah right Uh, that's like kind of not how the world is going probably because most people don't like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I get bored super easily so um which I mean is not necessarily a good thing but I I I just, I can't get enough of learning. So while I was... Well, I think it's to each his own though, right? Like some people do really well if they find a job and that's what they want to do. They're like the worker bee where they're just like, okay, this is what I do and this is what like works for me. And then a lot, and I think women especially, can't like you sit still and just do one thing. It's very monotonous and you have to be on this like continuous learning journey and trying new things and different things. And that's the same as the societal norm stuff too, right? Like you're conditioned to like grow up, get a good job, and that's what you do. Like period. Exactly. Instead, like you, it was frowned upon for a long time. Like I remember when I came into the job field, like seriously, like looking for career, like doing – having a career, you were called like a job jumper if you didn't stay – for X amount of years and I've had a lot of jobs all under the same field and I used to like get really stressed about it but then now I'm like whatever like if you don't want to hire me because you think I job jump then that's that but that's not why I just I want to keep learning I want to try new things and now in interviews like that's what I say and people are pretty open to it yeah so it's just it's like interesting like how things start to shift right and I think that's what the whole idea is it is can we just have an open mind and be okay with whoever someone is, right? Um, yeah. And people learn and um, interact and thrive in different ways. And we can't expect one way. Like, you can't look at a resume and be like, oh, she's had a lot of jobs. She's probably a bad employee. Like, what? <laughs> it's <a> ridiculous <laughs> conclusion to draw. So, no, yeah, I wouldn't. Don't worry about that, babe. Yeah. <laughs> They're silly. <laughs> Anyways, you did mention something that I certainly want to talk about. Um, Well, you mentioned about a thousand things I want to talk about, but um, (laughs) one in particular. Yeah. When I first met you, you were the first person that I ever, um, we, uh, has ever done ayahuasca. So that's why I wanted to talk to you more about that. And you just called it a different name just now. Called it plant medicine. Yeah, so um, my one of my initial um, shamans that I worked with was really, I mean, it's illegal in, in Canada, obviously, in many parts of the world. And so out of respect, and I, I'm not really sure the, the roots of it, but we call it the mother medicine instead of uh, calling it by name. And, but Makes sense. More recently, it's been, it's, it's more of a buzzword, right? So most people know what it is. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so like, sometimes I say it, sometimes I don't, but I, I just, I like to call it plant medicine because that's what it is, right? The, the plants are actually coming to you and teaching you whatever it is that you need to learn in that moment. And that's, and that's kind of what the idea is, is that like, 
mother, the mother comes to you and she teaches you and she guides you. And she like Mother Earth. Yeah, on some level. Like yeah. where we all kind of come from in some way, right? And end up in eventually too. Yeah, like one of my to. one of my friends who works with the medicine a lot, he would say that like, you know, she the many parts so the in the places in the world where they work with the medicine a lot, they I he told me this story once where people would come and they they would find that these these people who are living in the jungle who have no means to find information outside of like their village, they would know things that they seemingly shouldn't know like about the stars and like all of these things and and they would say how did you learn these things and they would say oh the plants taught us right so it's like wow you can get a lot of information for them is it all plants um or is it just is it just this plant medicine like because when you say that I think of shrooms I think of weed like you know all all of the plants (laughs) and so yeah so they all have their different they all have their different medicine they all have their different things that they provide. Um, like recently I've been microdosing with psilocybin as a, a way yes. of like helping. Which is something with... I want to get into as well. Yeah. So it's for like... many reasons. <laughs> I just have a question though about like, that's really cool that people have this knowledge that shouldn't, I guess, have the knowledge that they have. And the thing is like, if they said that to like a Western culture like people in Western culture, they'd be like, well, you're crazy or yeah. like you you found out somehow or like the, how come we don't believe that that's possible? Like maybe they really did. Obviously, I haven't done ayahuasca slash plant medicine or the mother medicine. Um, so I wouldn't be able to say like, oh, that's how it happens. But like, why can't we believe that? Like, why does our society mean like or dictate that? No, there's only one way. Like you were taught it in school, you, you it. got it off the internet, you read it in a book. Like there, you can't get it from medicine, or like plant medicine. Well, this this is a whole idea, right? Is because we're so disconnect disconnected from nature, we're so con- disconnected from ourselves, and and so we can't see beyond this scope right in front of us. And and the more you and and there's also a line, right? Too, I know people who are highly addicted to the the medicine, and they they they're unable to kind of make decisions without it or like they're like always chasing that feeling. And so I think there's, you know, there's a healthy way to work with it and there's ways that, you know, might, might guide you into other troubles. I don't know. I mean, so what's a healthy way to work with it then? uh, I mean, it's different for everyone. I I personally, I've done it nine times total and uh, over the span of five years or so, maybe a little more. So it's almost years. twice a year. I w- for a while I was doing it kind of more closer together. Like for a while I would, I would be like every six months or nine months. And then I took like a big, a big gap from it. Um, yeah, I took a two year gap from one experience because it was, it was very big. <laughs> um, and I was really afraid to do it again. And then I did it one more time since then. And, and I, after that experience, I, um, I just got more into the breath and I've kind of decided that I'm, I'm not sure if I'll do it again. More recently, it's been calling to me again. I don't know if I will actually do it, but, um, and every experience is so individual. Like you can't really, you can't go in there being like, oh, I'm going to have this experience. It's going to, I'm, I'm going to kind of like lay it all out. It's it, whatever happens, happens. You know, every time I, I, I worked with yeah. the medicine, it was a very different experience. 
I think Lauren, when you and I first started talking about it, um, was a few years ago and we were like, not sure what to do with ourselves. We're like, let's just go, go to Peru, go to ayahuasca and then we'll leave after a weekend. I don't even know, sweating and barfing and visualizing. And then we'll know exactly <laughs> what we're supposed to do with our lives. So I think that's kind of, yeah, the it doesn't work like that perception <laughs> of how it works. But that's yeah. the thing. Like it's been in a way glamorized in like yes. Hollywood or in like media and the movies, um, things yeah. like that, where it you it's depicted that you go in the middle of like a jungle you're guided by a shaman or like a medicine person and you have this crazy trip and you come out like knowing what to do with the rest of your life and obviously that's not the case but I think that's like kind of a problem like I think people think Mm -hmm. that it's like this whole like oh yeah I did ayahuasca like I'm you know you kind of just assume that these are like hippie type people and Jess and I like yeah we had this thought and we're like we have no idea what we're talking about we have no (laughs) idea what it does like we don't even know how to get there like it's just it's just this idea that we land in Peru and yeah do you do it (laughs) yeah it's like this idea of getting like the highest high and I don't I, like in my real brain, my rational brain is like, that's not what it is, Lauren. Like, no. Well, I think it's but. more like connecting to a different, I'm saying realm or dimension or something, but because I do believe that we have that these different realms in, in by that, I mean, energy, like our energy is operating different than like this consciousness. Oh, what did you call it, Lori? The, uh, when you meditate, you all, the collective, the collective conscious? conscious. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like tapping into that. But also being like on acid, like drugs or something. <laughs> yeah, and I but think- yeah, I think it's like a quick fix. People think it's gonna be like some quick fix. Like you don't know what to do your life with your life, so okay, just go on an ayahuasca trip and it'll be solved. Like it's that's obviously not realistic, but I think because of the way it's glamorized or like depicted in the media, that's what people associate. It's like one plus one equals two. Like that, there's no in between. It's black and white. So fill us in on the real so thing i think i think this is the thing right like the, yeah and this is really this like? is the thing with with calling it the mother mother medicine it's 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 a really sacred plant right the initially the only person that would drink it was the shaman and you would sit in front of the shaman and they would help direct your life right and interesting and now so it's, he'd like look at you and be like you're supposed to be a nurse or you're supposed yeah, to be i don't know if he would do whatever that. <laughs> yeah but like Say you had a problem. I think maybe you would have a problem when you would go to the shaman and the shaman would help guide you through it Um, because the the medicine would come to them and they would they would have like visions or whatever. Um, And, and, you know, it's interesting. I was talking with a friend of mine who was chatting with a shaman and he was saying one of the issues with uh, Westerners taking it or people who are not of that culture is they don't know the symbols of the medicine. And so one person said that there's, there was this snake running after me and she was like freaking out and she was trying to run away from the snake. And the, and the shaman was like, oh, but the snake was like, you know, you're supposed to go to the snake and like let the snake eat you or whatever. I can't remember the, the but like we associate so much fear with the symbols instead of embracing whatever messages are coming through to you. So so what's a message you got or... Like, what, did snakes really come out at you? (laughs) Well, so, I mean, this is the thing. Like, the first time I ever did it, I... I was really, really afraid. I, I had... I didn't ever do any sort of drug growing up. I was really afraid of it. The only thing I did was drink. And so, like, I remember being 
just terrified of what it was kind of like a whim that I went a friend that I of, of mine was doing it she was going to be there and I was like all right here we go I want to I want to I really want to dive in and um you know, I had a cup and I was like not feeling anything kind of like waiting and and nothing was happening and that can happen, right? Like you can drink and nothing can happen. Like no vision. And it's like nothing. a tea, just you it's said a, a cup. Yeah, so you drink. Okay. Um, and then, um, my shaman offered another cup and my intuition was like, no, don't do it. And I was like, yeah, me. <laughs> so, I had, oh God. so I had another cup. And, and shortly after that, like my shaman came around and she was like telling me to surrender. And so I let, I, I let my body give into it. Like, I think it was so afraid that I wasn't even letting it go through my veins. And then it was like the craziest picture show I've ever seen in my life. Like it was in this wild fun house and the colors, the the vision, like it just was like jack in the box and terrifying. It was like my worst nightmare happening inside my head. And um, so I tried to run away from it. I like ran to the bathroom. I thought it was going to throw up. And I looked in the toilet and there's like these jack in the box snake things like fluorescent coming out of the toilet. And I was like, what am I going to do? And so I, th- I thought about like, I need to go to the hospital or whatever it was. But I sat down for a second and I was like, no, you can do this. And so I went back into the room and I laid down and I just let myself breathe. So I connected back to the breath. And maybe that's another reason why the breath is so powerful. And then through the breath, I was able to like shift the energy. And, and then I like, my experience of it was that I was sitting in the void and I call the void like that space of the collective consciousness or whatever it may be. It's just, we're like, there's no words. There's just knowings, I guess, is, is the best way to experience it. And I had like a conversation without words. And, and I was, I kept on being like, wanting to know the answers. And this is what I think we all want, like in our core, we want to know, we want to know what's going to happen in our lives. We want to know what's going on inside. And I'm, I'm, I'm such a seeker that I was just like, I just need to know all the answers. And the message that kept coming through to me was it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And, and so like every time I'd be like, no, but wait, 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 what about this? And it was like, it doesn't matter. And, and so then I don't remember what happened, but some sort of insight was shared with me. And I remember thinking it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard in my life. And I was just laughing. So I think I just laughed for the, like the last portion of it. And, you know, it wasn't, there was the experience of actually being with the medicine, but the real changes are what happened afterwards. Like, it's like there was a shift inside of me where I just knew myself on a different level and I was less afraid of everything. If, so if let, let's, sense. it does. And I yes. want to continue to break down some misconceptions about ayahuasca or the, the medicine. So when you have those visions, does the shaman help you understand them? Or like, maybe they're not visions, but whatever does come to you while you're, um, under the influence um does someone help break that down and explain it to you or like give you like guideline of what that could mean like you said the snake someone's running away from it when they should be running to it so do you get that like information prior or you just kind of left to be like this is how I interpret that it's mostly unguided yeah so when it's unguided and you see these things do you feel like you're like but I still know what I'm supposed to do right now. I still know what how to take Yeah, that. this is the thing, right? Like, so most of my journeys have been very visual. Like, mo- majority of my journeys have been very visual. And, like, not, 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 like, 
You know, some people are like, oh, my grandma came to visit me and we went on this journey and I looked at my past and blah, 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 blah. Like that was not my experience at all. Like I would see like fractal blight and colors and schemes and like mandalas and like almost like I'm zooming in on like artifacts from thousands of years ago with crystals and all of these things. And then they would kind of pan out and then I would go right back in. And it was, it was nothing, nothing that I could actually, like I might see eyes or like strange people I've never seen before, but it, there was no like cohesive rhyme like, or reason story. Like there was no, there was nothing, nothing that I could really get out of it to be like, Oh, I know what this means. <laughs> like, but yeah. in your, heart and mind you did know what it meant like it did mean mm. something to you that helped guide you or and no, it just gave you like no the, the the clarity comes after so like they say that the the the, the few days after is where like you're, you have start to have dreams and the dreams can kind of help guide you like for example I had a dream um after one of my experiences I had a dream that my mom and I were just yelling I was yelling at my mom at the top of my lungs and and I woke up being like I really need to talk with my mom <laughs> otherwise it's going to like something's going to happen and shortly after maybe like 3 or 4 months after I I got in a really big fight with my mom and I was literally standing in the middle of the street in downtown Oakville like where I live and teach <laughs> and and just screaming at the top of my lungs at my mother and for something silly it wasn't I, it was just like, it was like I needing to connect with her on a different level to, to sort of understand each other, what my mom and I think very differently. Um, and so if we had, if I had kind of taken that vision and let myself go and chat with my mom in a different way, then it maybe not have, would have escalated into that. So it's kind of like that. It's like, or things just happen. You know, one of my sessions was shortly after, shortly before I, I left my husband, it was just like, it was, it was just this like guidance of like, you just can't do this anymore. You need to, you need to step forward. You need to, and if you don't do it, we're going to help guide you there. I thought. But were you feeling like, was there issues in the marriage prior? Like you had feelings where you're like, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing or I want this marriage anymore or were you everything blindsided. was good and then that experience yeah. happened and no, you're like yeah. I think I have to <laughs> it go was, <laughs> it was it was definitely already there was already a lot of issues in it it was just it kind of gave me the courage like nothing really changed mm-hmm. other than it helped to give me more clarity like even though the messages yeah. of the the experience weren't necessarily clear it's like I would walk out of there being like oh I know in my heart that yeah this is the right is just felt right. it it yeah. gives you confidence and, to make the decisions. I think yeah. a lot of people become indecisive when they're not confident in, in what to go for, unsure. And this is, that was the push. Exactly. Exactly. And that kind of answers that question when you said we're all seeking like an answer. We want to be told what to do or we want to like know the finale yeah. um, of our lives or like, uh, like somebody literally saying like, this is what you should do. And that's, this is, going to turn out this way and like that will follow and so on and so on in a way that is kind of it like it is it like your subconscious maybe like opening up and speaking to you because we we know now that there's so many things that are kind of locked within the subconscious and so many of us cannot get there like we cannot be open to it and we had um like a hypnotherapist and a certified mindset coach on before and she talked a lot about the subconscious and how it is so 
like necessary for people to be able to move forward or make different decisions or like really like tap into what and who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that that has anything to do with this? Yeah, I, th- I think it's all connected to the subconscious. And this is why I think the dreams are really important because dreams to me are the subconscious coming to you. The, the dreams are helping you to to find out what's going on in your subconscious. And I don't believe any of the, a lot of the stuff that they talk about in dreams and like what dreams mean. I, I don't necessarily believe that there's any sort of dictionary or legend for dreams. Like you need to know what the messages are for you. Like yeah. what are your messages? And and this is where the breath comes in again, because the breath is when you're, when you're controlling your breath, what I was talking about earlier, you have the ability to tap into your subconscious. Like, we need the we need to learn the tools to get to know ourselves on that deepest level and whether that's through plants whether that's through breath whether that's meditation or going for a walk or whatever but getting quiet enough that you can start to get to know what's happening on that surface but you can't go into a plant ceremony being like i want to know what happened to me when i was three years old like that's just right. not the way it works. <laughs> so is that a misconception there too, that people think like, or that, that we're kind of told, like it will answer your questions or it'll help you with repressed memories or it will like give you the exact formula to thrive, accomplish what you want to accomplish in your life. It could, right? It could. Like it totally could give you exactly that and it could not. But you can't dictate yeah, anything. Yeah, you don't dictate it. Like, you know, I, when I'm teaching breath work, you, people can have very psychedelic experiences. People can um, see people from loved ones that have passed. They can have, like, it's like there's no, That's you creepy. never know what's going to, <laughs> yeah, right? Like when you're, when you're working with energy, you have no idea where it's going to go. Like it's directed the way it wants to go. Yeah, and that's exactly what I wanted to ask you because so we're talking about taking plant medicine. That's like a drug or whatever, like that's a substance. But with the breath, um there's that's just your breathing, like what you do all day every day, your entire life. But somehow like I I did one of your classes and I was feeling like I was feeling fucked up and I'm like <laughs> like I was feeling dizzy. I was feeling like <laughs> different and I'm like what the hell I didn't even take anything so what is that and and it fucked up in a good way it wasn't like bad it was you know I just surprised yeah you were telling me about it after Jess and you're like I don't know like like, I was feeling what the fuck (laughs) yeah like you're like I was kind of like shaking and my heart was racing and so yeah, like you you had an experience for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nervous to do it, to be honest. Like I'm that person that wants so badly to like believe and like get to that place where I can untap or tap into my subconscious and like be open to all that. And yeah. I truly try like through a different guests on our podcast as well and different learnings from them, like try and open myself to the white light or my subconscious or like my dreams or like say to like, my spirit guides, like I'm here, talk to me. Like, like you want to overall open. enhance your intuition. Exactly. Yeah. And then at the same time, I'm like, that's all BS. Like, that's not a thing. Nope. <laughs> like, so I, I'm at, I'm really so at Lauren's war with myself. Lauren's closed right now. Let's open her yes. up. What should she do? My chakras. <laughs> okay. So wait, I, I can't even tell you how many, I've, I've, I lucid dream on a regular basis. I have astral traveled. I have worked with plant medicine. I have done all of these things and I still have like a rational brain. That's like, none of this is real. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> like I have this own battle inside of me, even though I've had all these experiences 
And so I think that's really normal. Like one side of our brain is like super pragmatic and the other side is super creative. And, and, and we're always kind of doing that dance in between the two. And, you know, I, I like to use the breath because it's a really natural way to tap into the, the, the different energetics or, you know, the subconscious or whatever it may be, because you have absolute control over it. You can, you, if, if it's too scary, you just change your breath. You just start breathing like a, a normal. More normal pattern. You know, like I've, I've had, I've, I've been teaching breath work for a while and I've seen people have some crazy experiences. Like you can have anything from like wild crying to shaking, to laughter, to orgasms, to like, there's like, somebody orgasmed? <laughs> someone's sitting in there just having a grand old time and you're like i'm having a meltdown and you're getting off what the hell give me some of what Uh, you gave her how are you breathing what what kind of breath are you taking because it's not happening for me that'll be me jess will be orgasming like over and over again and i'm just bawling my eyes out borderline having like a nervous breakdown that's like it's not real it's not real trying to breathe normal just like that's so good just relax lore it's great like i'm dying (laughs) most people have the experiences where they feel like really uncomfortable but (laughs) you know well especially at the beginning i'm sure yeah it's it's challenging And, and usually like you know teaching online is such a different experience because I can, everyone's on mute, so I can't. I can see people sort of, and I can't hear them, so I have no idea what people are experiencing. And I'm like jamming to my music, having a good time, and like just saying whatever's coming to my my mind. But people come to me after, I'm like, oh my gosh, I cried so much. Like that's the usual thing that people say is is they cry because it's like you're accessing. So on some level, like looking, there's you know there's a scientific side to this as as much as there is an emotional, energetic, or whatever it may be. But like, we store everything in ourselves, like trauma wise. And so anytime you freeze, like anytime you get scared and you freeze, you hold attention inside of you, and that stays in you until you have the ability to release it. And so when you're breathing, we're actually working to activate the sympathetic nervous system. So we're act we're working to activate the fight, flight, or freeze. And so can you imagine, like, we're trying to make ourselves go into that, like, oh, my gosh, I'm in trouble kind of energy. But then through that experience, it's like you're willing or you're allowing your body to process that trauma in a way that's really safe for you. I mean, some people get really, it can also, it can make it worse, but um, for the but most mainly part, people it's about feel the safe. Most people feel safe to be able to kind of let it go. You don't need to know what the experience was. You don't need to like visualize anything or it's just, it's just like the breath helps you to access it, to let it go. And then through that process, it's like weights being lifted off of you. And so, and then there's like things that happen physiologically. So you're going to get like, your fingers might get frozen or, um, (laughs) it's like tetany. People get tetany where your fingers like tense up into like little claws. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and it looks more like forever. No, uh, oh. you know, like sometimes five minutes, sometimes 30. Um, oh, God. <laughs> I've never I'd also have that. I've never I'd be had uncontrollably that. crying and like. <laughs> and you like literally people's arms come up like this to their head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the first time you saw that, were you like, what the fuck, terrified of that I, person? <laughs> actually, the funny thing is that the first time I ever saw it, I was in Guatemala. I, I was in Guatemala doing a cacao ceremony on this 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 hippie's porch um who was the most amazing man it was like basically like group therapy obviously you drink cacao 
And this woman, it happened to her. Like we, she's, we're just having a conversation and her hands clawed up. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> um, I'd be like, are you having a stroke or a seizure? Like, is this person okay? But it's like a like, way of they releasing need medical trauma. attention. When, you know, when that's happening, it's like, that's kind of the body's way of responding to trauma or it has something to do with the, with the actual chemicals, the chemistry inside of you. Um, do you think they're yeah. like in defense mode? Like, uh, because of a trauma, could maybe be. that's them, like, trying to protect themselves. <laughs> there Stop could be, doing I mean, this. there's a lot of, <laughs> there's Sorry, a lot of reasons why it happens. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's, it, it has a lot to do with, like, the distribution of carbon dioxide oxygen levels in your body. Um, I mean, yeah, like, your limbs are the last important thing when you're dealing with breathing and right stuff, yeah right? so like everything is literally going to your 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 most important organs and right. and so you know most of the times people will feel tingling in their fingers are not necessarily going to get stiff but I have a lot of people that claw up and and they kind of a lot of people like it and they chase it <laughs> because it's it's an experience <laughs> the weirdest thing like I just picture them lying there breathing and then you like are in your zoom and then you look over and people are on the screen like all clawed up <laughs> like oh fuck <laughs> Oh, I have oh people who like full on T-Rexing <laughs> over here, like just straight T-Rex arms. Okay, that's the session. Bye, guys. Hope you're okay. But I mean, that's the thing, right? Like as a practitioner, a facilitator, like I want people to feel really safe. And so I'm trying to create that container where it's okay. When I'm in a space, I can like massage out their hands and stuff. But online world yeah. is so different. And and so Do you I, warn people of that before? Yeah, like, I mean, I have like videos up. and stuff that people are supposed to watch beforehand. I think the majority, oh, okay. I mean, don't. I don't know whether or not people do. I like, I, I tell them they have to, and it's mandatory, but you know, and so I, I sometimes I'll like speak to it during the breath. You know, if your hands start to feel tension, like just slow down your breath or whatever it may be. Um, yeah, and, and then, you know, I'm, I always tell people that like, at any point I'm here, right? Like you send me messages, you call me, whatever, whatever it may be. Like, I don't ever want to leave people hanging because we are working into dive into the emotional level and what's happening and and that can be you know a little uprooting or scary or whatever it may be but for the most part people walk out of their feeling in the moment they might feel like what the heck just happened and I like <laughs> very emotional or whatever it may be but within the next few days they they start to feel the clarity come through it's kind of like the plant medicine on some level where it's like you're tapping into your higher self and your higher self is giving you guidance and and you feel this amazing sense of my teacher likes to call it neutrality where it's like everything is sort of like even you're not like one way or another and so you can get really clear on on what direction you might want to go i absolutely love 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 the concept or you know the the process of tapping into or using your breath like i said it's like the most natural thing obviously um and then it helps you like fix things in your past or in your body, in your life. Like it's the most, it's seeming like seemingly the most obvious thing, like breathe to feel better. So that's like the coolest slow thing ever. Slow it down. Yeah, Calm slow down. it down. And, yeah. and then it helps release. And I do know that feeling like sometimes I have a hard time crying. So I'll literally put on Titanic or something just so I can have that release <laughs> and cry. And because I need a good cry. And so I, 
it'd be nice to probably do that a little more naturally or <laughs> not rely on Titanic, but. Well, that's why, I mean, my, one of my teachers, he puts like really sappy music on so, so it, to, to get people to cry because most, yeah, most people don't, don't have, are not very yeah. good at emoting and, and whatever that may mean, like for women, I find a lot of times it's anger for men. A lot of times it's like this, the grief and the sadness. And, but I mean, that's not, it can be either way. But if we can help ourselves to tap into what's going on, what needs to be released, like just getting to know ourselves in every single moment, like, you know, today I might need to cry tomorrow. I might need to laugh. Like every day is going to be different. Every moment is going to be different. And I just want people to get to know themselves on the deepest level. And breath is the easiest way to do that because your breath teaches you everything. Like if you're upset, your breath is going to get a little faster. And majority of people are not even breathing well, you know, and so that's going to affect your cells. Like if you, if you're breathing through your mouth all the time, you're going to get brain fog. You're going to get, you're going to have shortness of breath. You're going to be tired faster. Like there's, it's not just the mental, emotional stuff. There's actually physiologically things that are happening. It was, you know, I, as, as being such a seeker, I, I wanted, I really wanted people to tell me what to do or how to fix myself or how to get rid of my chronic pain or whatever it may be. And through this practice of this really, really simple breathing technique, I learned that I had everything I needed inside. Like every time I do a breathwork practice, every time I do this practice that I was taught in Guatemala, I have like this overwhelming knowing that I can heal myself. And and that was the most empowering thing that I've ever could have experienced for me. And so through that process, I got to know my teacher quite well. And then she taught me how to teach this practice. It's a, it's a really sacred practice that's been taught orally through the, through the years. And, and so now I've kind of incorporated into a six day practice where, and we've been doing it online most recently through COVID. And it's just been really incredible to watch people change over such a short time. Um, again, because it's like empowered, they're, they're empowered to make the changes for themselves, they get to go into their subconscious and think of what they need to change. And and then we kind of culminated on the end with the breathwork practice, which kind of ties everything in together where we any of the clarity or the direction that you're looking to achieve, it kind of just comes to you. And, and so this has been my my passion through the last little while is like teaching people this practice because it's something that I do every three months personally and I want people to be doing the same yeah so it actually ends up being 11 days but the the initial is you start with five days and then three months later you do seven and then three months later you do 11 if you want yeah so and I've been doing this this practice every three months since 2016 and and through this practice I've I've really gotten to know myself on a deeper level I've been able to you know kind of tap in or hone my intuitive abilities which is has been kind of the coolest part of it but every time it's like I'm I'm diving into a different area of my life that I I need to kind of look at and and get more clarity on or change you know yeah, that's, you know, I think a lot of people feel um, connected to something. Um, obviously, you feel connected to like lots of things, meditation, yoga and and breath. But I love how they are certainly all connected, as we've said. Um, and it's good that you like found more alignment with the breath um, in terms of 
that helps you, I guess, the most. I'm sure they all help, but it's good that this really helps you the most. And then what's even better is that you're teaching it and, and giving it to other people, that gift and that ability. Yeah, I think this is the thing, you know, I, I because I was so afraid of breath, I think it's it's funny that I'm actually teaching it now because I, I teach breath more than I teach yoga now. Um, but the breath, the more that I learn about breath since COVID, I've been like sitting and like researching, like all I just did a breathwork training in the beginning. And I was learning about more of the physiological things that I wanted to know, like what's actually happening when we're breathing and, and why are these practices so successful in terms of your health? And, you know, there's a lot of really great research happening right now. There's a lot of amazing authors that are coming out and re- and writing books about this stuff that's kind of groundbreaking. It's been happening for many, many years. People have been doing these practices all through the ages, but now it's kind of getting a, a revamped in a way that's really accessible to people, I think. And that's a question I actually had is like, it seems like mm-hmm. some of these types of therapies, I'll call them, are becoming more and more popular. And they all seem, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, they all seem to come from like a much more like um, ancient culture or a culture that's existed much longer than Western culture, of course. Is that, is, like, there's obviously a reason for that. There's a reason that these things existed and have lasted and persevered and like been part of these cultures for so long and now like the westerners are kind of adopting it and like utilizing it like i i find that really intriguing because for those the non-believers it's like well but why has it been around for i don't even know how long how to say it like thousands and thousands of years like something about it obviously is is working well that's right like you know acupuncture has been around for uh, like five thousand years right it's it's I think that more more and more people, the Western side of it is great. Like the fact that we have all of this equipment that we can actually see inside of the body is amazing. But, you know, we're, we're kind of missing the roots of things. And, and one of the ideas I was talking about earlier, like we're so disconnected from nature. We have the ability to, to eat food from all around the world, no matter what time of year it is. But like traditionally, people would eat whatever is in front of them, like seasonally. And so all of that stuff has actually kind of messed us up on some level. And so you see a lot of people going back to be like, oh, no, okay, what is the most important? Like, what do I need to be doing to actually nourish my body? I've heard people say that if they go out and watch the sunrise in the morning and the sunset in the evening, that they're happier people, right? Like, there's just, we need to connect more to what it means to be human and having this experience in this physical world. Like, we need to interact with nature and and so I think that's why a lot of these things are becoming more popular. But it's there's also a fine line of like um, I, not appropriating this information. Like, you know, right now there's a big movement in the spiritual world and the yoga world where people are taking the information that they want and like making it look all fancy and fun and or whatever it may be. And then kind of stripping the the roots of it out of it like they're not worrying about like where the traditions come from they're just like oh look at yoga it'll make your body look great but mm-hmm. that's not what yoga they're is commercializing about, right? it everything gets commercialized yeah, and, eventually and yeah capitalized on right and, and so like how can we come to these things like the breath like yoga like like ayahuasca like how can we honor where those tradition comes from and 
and not just appreciate it, but like really, you know, if you're going to practice yoga, can you live and breathe yoga? It's not just about what it can do for your body or, you know, it's, it's all about the mind. There's different practices of yoga that come down to like the social justice work. Like there's, we, we need to make sure that as much as we're taking in this information that we're understanding that there's so much more to it, just like there's so much more to us. Does that make sense? It kind of ties all together. Makes perfect sense. (laughs) It makes so much sense. And I will say like, I like to do yoga. The hardest part about yoga, my hardest pose ever was Shavasana because I couldn't, um, a sit still. I literally, I'd have people running the class being like, are you well, like you are, I haven't stopped moving in Shavasana. It's like, you just lie there. Like I know my eyes are open. Like I can't. So being able to, and obviously like, you know, the balance things are really hard too, but like all the, that's physical, but like the mental part about it was really, really difficult. So I was just telling my boyfriend the other day, like, I feel so proud that I can do Shavasana. And I did a, a, a class uh, last week and she ran a Shavasana for 10 minutes. And I was looking at the <laughs> clock before it started and she's like, get a Shavasana. I'm like, whoa, whoa, we're 10 minutes out. She's not going to make us lie here for 10 minutes, right? And I did. And I was like, holy crap, I can't believe I did that. So I understand. Um, and I feel proud. I feel like that is work mentally. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think, and I, I think this is, and oh, sorry, go on. I was going to say the breath too. When, okay. First of all, you just scare me there. When you say people who are mouth breathers, I have like, really yeah, I want bad to ask allergies you that to my too. What if you can't pumped. breathe out of your nose? I, yeah, I can't, I think I'm like thinking now, oh my God, do you have mental thoughts? I am tired. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you about that in one sec, but there's there I have a anxiety so there are times when and mine manifests in like my brain is moving on on like high speed I can't I can't even sometimes my eyes will get out of focus because I can't stop thinking really fast and it I'm freaking out and I, I can't stop moving so um one day I was like having this and my friend was like literally take three deep breaths and I'm like okay and I took three deep breaths and it 1000% altered the trajectory of that that anxious spiral. yeah spiral and I literally was like oh okay I'm good <laughs> <laughs> like literally three breaths obviously there's you know I wasn't cured but in that moment I was good it calmed you down enough to yeah. like regather yeah, your thoughts start reading and again like <laughs> yeah my eyes were like going two different directions I couldn't see it. I'm like oh okay but this is this is the power of the breath right like you know yeah. I I've I've suffered from panic attack panic attacks since I was a kid and and it's not all of these techniques. It's not like it, it cures me of them. Like breathing doesn't no, cure me of anxiety. Me, but like when I have an anxiety attack now, it's like, okay, drop to the floor and just breathe. And I can get through it in a couple of minutes. Whereas many years ago, it might've taken me 30, 40, a couple of days, like, you know, to yeah. get over it. And, 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 you know, the, the interesting thing is like, they say that it takes six, really deep breaths to switch from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic, which is our rest and digest. And, um, but more recently I've been learning about most optimal breathing and, and the most optimal breathing is to actually take a slow conscious breath as opposed to a deep breath. Like one, like really, really slow sipping in. And obviously if you're, if you're breathing slow, you're going to breathe deeper than you normally would. Can you just show us that? But yeah, yeah. So they say like the most optimal way to breathe is, is, um, 5.5 5.5 seconds in and 5.5 seconds out. Okay, can you just uh, guide it? Can you guide us through a breath? <laughs> okay, yeah. give or take. But yeah, so what you do is just so if you want to connect, you close your eyes and you just think about your natural breath for a second. 
and just notice it. Like that's my, my, my anchor point is like what's happening in my breath. Should I be nose or mouth? Nose. Yeah, mine Always is only nose. Okay, no. I mean, obviously okay, allergies trying, but... allergies are like if you can't breathe out of your nose, <laughs> it makes it very challenging. <laughs> so what do I do? <laughs> but I mean, so like is it completely clogged? Like you can't breathe it out of Okay, like Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, oh, it's allergenic right okay, so, the worst so thing ever. So if you can if you can do that, you're just I want you to close your mouth just for a second. So eyes closed, mouth closed. Okay. And just take a moment to like think about sipping as much air as you can without like it's like really, really slow. <laughs> Sorry if you guys can hear that. <laughs> I like, feel like I about... need to watch, make sure Jess doesn't pass out. She can't breathe. <laughs> if she, clo- she closes her mouth, that's it. It's over for her. But like if you think, so, and you can count to yourself. So you breathe in and just count for five. It's really easy. Like, And most people, when they're new to breath, find it challenging even to get to five. But you want to be like slow. So like initially it's like... If you can take it slow and do the same even count through the entire start to finish, it takes a little bit of work to practice that. And then you breathe out for five. So you breathe in one, two, three, four, five, and then out two, three, four, five. And then you just keep doing that in and out, in and out. And right away, your mind's going to be like, what am I doing? This is so boring. (laughs) No, but, but I think if you really focus on it, like obviously someone who does yoga knows that that's a big part of it. So I'm not, I'm familiar with that, yeah. you know, process, but even just now, Laura and I, I think before we do every episode, we should do a breath, <laughs> like the, the one breath or maybe more, but I feel great. Right. Like, that, I feel better. And so what happens is people get like really lightheaded and stuff because they're like, whoa, my brain has not had this much oxygen in a while. And like one of the things that I practice is actually doing held breath. Because we need to, the, so this is the hope of science behind it, but recently they're researching that like, you know, most of us are hypocapnic, so we don't have enough carbon dioxide inside of us, which is counterintuitive to everything we've ever learned, right? We always think about we need to expel carbon dioxide, the trees take the carbon dioxide, you know, all this stuff. But we have a lot of oxygen in our blood, but we're not necessarily getting that oxygen from our blood into the cells. Because the cells are what are expelling the carbon dioxide. And if there's not enough pressure happening, then the oxygen doesn't go into the cells. And so this is where people end up having like health issues is because although they're breathing, they're not breathing the way that actually is nourishing their body. And things like breathing through your mouth is is one of the reasons that this is happening. So t- people who breathe through their wow. mouth tend to overbreathe. And so they're breathing like just here and it's like... Right. And so you're not actually really getting that proper respiration, that big, like deep belly breath. Yeah. And then and then when because of that, things start to change structurally, like literally they they did this guy did a a test where he plugged his nose completely so he couldn't breathe in through his nose for 10 days. And structurally, things started changing. Oh, my God. And he started getting sleep apnea. God, my body is (laughs) So so one of the things that people do is actually put tape over their lips while they're sleeping. So our um, previous guest, Jen Oliver, Fit Mama, shout out, uh, love you. She does that. So she sleeps with her tape. And then I've even seen on her Insta where she goes for morning hikes every day at like 6 a.m. She's like literally a fit mama. And where's that tape? Yep. And then goes and does her hike with her tape. This is how you get the most like, oh optimal God, I would die. Like, athleticism is to be breathing through your nose. and through yeah. your, instead, Because as soon as we get overworked, we start to breathe through our mouth. And that causes overbreathing. 
And, and, uh, yeah. And it's like, it's a, a cycle. It's cyclical. The more you breathe through your mouth, the more you're going to cause inflammation in your nose. And so you're going to not going to be able to breathe through your nose. So it's, it's, you know, through the allergies, it's a little bit different. It's harder to breathe, but you could have well, less allergies by just simply breathing through your nose. <laughs> I mean, my husband has serious, serious, like, um, polyp issues and like many different sciences that he cannot breathe through his nose and he has all of those symptoms like apnea and like snoring and like really serious things and he often is fatigued and physically like he has like um some challenges like he's a like big pretty like fit guy for the most part but like I just think if he had that ability he would be able like he would reach that next level where I am so opposite and like just while you guys are talking I was trying to focus and like think about my breath and I have a very hard time breathing through my mouth only like Mm. that to me takes like a lot of work like I have to focus on like forcing that arrow and maybe when I'm distracted I'm maybe become more of a mouth breather but like I am such a nasal breather that like wow in my sleep like when my husband and I got together he would put his hand on my back because he thought I was dead because I'm like (laughs) this very like restful like controlled breathing and I like I've just always been like that but I have no allergies like I have no issues I have no blockages so like nose breathing is really like the only way to breathe so when you do certain exercise and they say like you really need to like exert that breath out of your mouth like that is a struggle for me so I feel like it's so I'm winning (laughs) you are the breathwork practice that I do we actually breathe through our mouth which is counterintuitive to everything I've ever learned I'm like what we're breathing through a mouth but there there's reasons for 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 why we do any practice like a conscious breath in itself can have incredible impacts on you but like there's there's a lot of reasons why you breathe through a nose and one of the major reasons is that it produces nitric oxide and that's like one of our first defenses immune for our immune system and like it's filtering all the particles and like that it warms the air so that it's not assaulting your lungs like if you're breathing through your mouth you're getting all of those particles you're not, you're not warming the air. It's just going right direct to you. So there's like, there's so many reasons why we breathe through. <laughs> I love your faces. I'm, I'm, I'm just practicing good breathing. Obviously our listeners here. can't see, but we're on the yeah. Zoom call. Maybe I'll post that part, but I'm like trying to breathe all these different ways based on everything Me you say. Too. I'm like nitrous oxide. Okay. <laughs> like taking this huge breath in my no, nose. So she says, do it through your nose. So you don't get that. No, right? no, you need it. So, so it's funny. Oh, like fuck. nitric oxide is the thing, like the ozone, ruins the ozone, right? Like this is, I just read this book recently recently that talked about this so we think of nitric oxide like that's the worst thing ever but like our all of our blood vessels apparently are lined with nitric oxide and the only place to produce that is through breathing through the nose and this is like and it's all like to do with like you know with through covid and like having the best immune system is to be able to start with the nose the first defense is through the nose and people are wearing masks and they're like mouth breathing underneath the mask you can see it Right. And yeah, my mask mask goes in my mouth every time I'm talking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so this episode is just going to be like (laughs) breath, like breathing and like heavy breath. Okay, no, you wouldn't believe because I am a mouth breather every time I edit an episode. So every episode, every single fucking episode, I have to mute all of my when I'm not speaking because I hear myself going <gasps> on the track. I'm like, oh God, I feel like an ogre. Like I'm just breathing so heavily into my mic. I'm like, ew, thank God I'm the one who edits because I'd be very embarrassed for someone else to hear that. I have edited. <laughs> I've heard it. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for not telling me. <laughs> this is a thing. 
thing, right? Like, I think on some level, it's like wearing the mask is teaching us about how how disconnected we are from our breath. You know, it's yeah. there's all this stuff is yeah. is kind of like illuminating all the things that need to change. We talk a lot about things that we wish were taught in school. And usually it's a lot of common fucking sense things, which we whatever have vented and ranted about a lot. But this is certainly one of those things. Why is this not done like a morning breath in the classroom from, you know, even even kindergarten kids can do that. Everyone breathing through your nose like it's so simple. Why do we not practice these sort of things in school. And, and, so, and just to, sorry, just to add to that, like, do you think, say, that was implemented in, like, starting in kindergarten, um, the teacher, and I do know of some teachers that do, like, let's all take a couple deep breaths and let's start our day kind of thing. Um, but would that set your day up differently? Like, does that, would that be beneficial to the children? And yes, this, I'm so glad you brought that up, Jess, because I was thinking this too, like, just being taught how to properly breathe to give yourself, like, that ample, <laughs> like, body and mind function um i'm gonna tell you right now i feel like a fucking half a human not even knowing how to properly yeah, like, breathe so this anyway. is the thing like <laughs> but nobody I wish does. somebody taught me but nobody like does. hot tip you don't actually know how to breathe people yeah sorry FYI, like, you don't do it right <laughs> i was i was today years old when i learned that i didn't know how to breathe <laughs> yeah but this is the thing right so like i read this really amazing book uh it's called breath i'll show you guys even though i uh, mean um, it's by a man named Sitting. james nestor <laughs> And he, I've um, seen that book. I haven't read yeah, it, but it's, I've it's seen really it. big right now. But he goes into like culturally, um, um, uh, what's the evolutionary, like how we have, like, as a human species, have evolved to breathe poorly. Like, because our brains got bigger, we our mouths changed, our nose changed. I feel like we don't have time to breathe. Like, we don't even give ourselves time to breathe. Like, that's where we're at in society right now. It's like, sorry, I, I can't yeah. breathe. I don't have time for that. Like, I don't you see how busy I am? There's no breathing room. <laughs> yeah. And anatomically. But that, so that's like the societal way. And then, uh, yeah, and then as and, you were saying, Lori, the, the physical way. Yeah, like anatomically, our nasal passageways have shrunk. And so people are actually getting less oxygen in. But in certain cultures around the world, they actually, like, when they see their babies breathing through their mouth, they close their mouths, you oh know, in certain school, like I, in certain villages, they talked about like, you know, if the kids weren't breathing properly, I can't remember what they did in the book, but they would like encourage them to breathe properly so that they didn't learn to breathe through their mouths. Whereas we, we never even talk about the breath. It's not even like, even the, the people who study the breath or who like the, the people who are like working in pulmonary stuff, like they don't actually talk about how to breathe properly because the emphasis on how they just, as long as they're getting oxygen and they don't care how it comes in, but that's not a reality. Like that's not the most ideal. Like we need to be breathing through our noses. That is the best way that we can be healthy. And if you were starting off, like say I have a five-year-old son. So say like I started implementing like breath work with him and, or my other son, cause they're still very young, of course. Like, does that change the brain? Like, is there yes. things that they know that link to, like, good breathing technique can help you, like, make you smarter, for example? Like, just, or allow the brain to be more functional? Like, is this, I, I, I know you said, like, it helps with fatigue and sleeping, but, like, outside of that, like, is there things, like, science has linked different things to it I don't know how else to say it yeah I mean the breath is is the first you know we we can't live without the breath like you stop breathing you die right there's the break the breath so if you are breathing so yes if you were to implement 
breathing techniques with your children, you're going to start to create good habits in them. So if you see them breathing through their mouth, you encourage them to breathe through their nose. Um, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say tape your kid's mouth before going to bed, but like some, some parents do do this, like, because they, they know how important the breathing is, but, and they have so much trust in it, obviously, (laughs) you'll, you'll be fine. Right. Yeah. And, and you will, I mean, the tape can always like, you know, if you need to breathe, you'll figure out a way to breathe. That's yeah. the thing Let's about our body is the body will, the body will not let you not breathe unless there's something functional going on. Um, I mean, I say that, I think, <laughs> I don't know. Don't worry. Um, what you, we're not like, like this Lori, is not law. <laughs> right. Yeah. I am yeah. not a medical doctor. Let's put that out there. Yeah. Um, no, but it's like newborns. Newborns will f- turn their head even though they can't. Like, they won't suffocate. Yeah, right? I mean, I would never encourage, like, don't ever put tape on your newborn's mouth. Like, please, please, listeners, Me neither. That's not. not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going to get, like... We want to collectively agree that we don't want to do Don't DM us. We didn't say to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Abundantly clear, do just, not put tape yeah. on your newborn's mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. I mean, everything has just pointed to the fact that we need to start breathing better. So that is amazing that you're teaching this. I mean, I just want to learn more. I just want to experience more of this. Right. And this is, I mean, the, the breath, like the, it will, it'll change the weight. Like you get more oxygen to your organs, your cells, whatever, through breathing techniques. And, and that's the, so I start every day with breathing practices, like every single day, at least I try, um, to, I, I'll, I'll connect with each part of my breath because uh, there's three different ways that you can breathe. I'll, I'll sit and I'll do a breathing technique. Um, I do meditation, like getting quiet, you know, that 10 minutes of Shavasana, yep. like we need to yep. get quiet where we're not sleeping. We need to, I, one of the things that I did was I spent 40 days in silence. Like we're so afraid oh, yeah. of what's going on inside. We don't want to look there. We don't want to sit with it. But if you can have the opportunity to not run from it and just be with whatever comes up and it's not fun and it's not easy, but like, this is all about getting to know yourself. How are you going to know what you need if you have no idea? Like if you've never really looked in. No, that makes complete sense. Um, I can't even imagine what 40 days of silence means. I can't imagine like 40 minutes of silence. Uh, <laughs> I think I talk all night in my sleep too. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I'm always talking. And not just when people are around. Like I talk to myself. I talk to my plants. But <laughs> d- I just want to know, did people cheat? Did you ever cheat and like just whisper to yourself? <laughs> you know what's funny is there just was tell this... Us. I was, so I was living on on a mountainside with no one, there was no one around, right? Like, except there was people around, but there was, we were all in silence. So there's eight of us total, but there was this, this, uh, cricket that had like missing a leg (laughs) and, and it was like, I kept taking it out of my cabin, but it would kept coming back in. And so one day I walked in like, you again, what are you doing? And I was like, Oh, <laughs> you're like, I'm not supposed to be speaking, but it's, it's not really about not talking. It's the whole experience is, is how can you go inward? You know, there, I, I right. like halfway through or, you know, maybe 13 days in or so I started to spiral in a way that was like, my mind was spinning and my teacher is really big on not spinning. And so I, I started crying and I couldn't stop crying. And so then they made me talk to them. Like they made me go in and have like a session to see where I was at. So it's not like I actually didn't talk for the entire 40 days. But 
you know, for I mean, the most besides part. one session and a cricket, yeah. that's not a lot I mean, for the most part, I spent most of the time, like, I spent time in my cabin, like, just, or outside walking around. There was nowhere really to go. I would, like, literally do figure eights in the, the, the little area that I could walk in. Um, but, yeah, like, I just did a lot of internal work of, of, of what, what, what was going on, you know? I, and you I find that healing? Insights. Like, this is a healing yeah process to do these kinds of well not experiments but having these experiences like I just thinking about sitting there for a minute in silence breathing like that is not scary to me but I've already talked myself out of it like Lauren you should try this like listen to what Lori's saying and like give yourself a couple minutes and just breathe and be quiet and then the other side of the brain again is like you're not gonna do that like we both know you're not doing that so just forget. I it. think, I mean, this like, is I just society, can't. <laughs> society teaches us to run from ourselves, right? This is part of the cultural conditioning. So it's like, we always need to be on the go. We always need to be run, run, run. You, got, you need to be accomplishing things. And if you're not accomplishing things, then you're, you're worthless or whatever it may be. Um, but it's not like they like all of a sudden throw you into 40 days of silence. Like this meditation center that I went to, we would spend three times a day in 30 minutes of silence seated meditation. And that was my first entry point to like, okay, I, I, I was, I'd kind of avoided meditation as much as I could, even though I even taught it, <laughs> you know, like I just, I wasn't living the meditation because I was afraid to sit. Um, and then in that experience, they did five days of silence. And, and through that, it was one of the most beautiful things that I'd ever experienced. Like I had so much going on that I was just like writing, 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 writing. And then you do three months with them and it's the, the second half of it that you do the 40 days in silence. And so you're really prepared there. There's, and they're studying, like there's things that they, you have uh, things that you need to do through those days. So it's not like you just have nothing to do. You're sitting around looking like, what am I going to do? Um, <laughs> and, and, that's you know, like worse than jail. <laughs> it's basically, that's kind of like, I was studying Kabbalah. So that's basically what we were doing is like, there's this, this like white room that you just sit in and you get to know yourself on the deepest level you can. And like all oh, of God. the questions that I had, like I got the answers to them. Like I, I was really wondering what the heck we were doing here on this planet. And through that experience, I, I got this like really deep knowing that. Okay. So what I'm are we doing what, what on this planet? Answer? What, it's what, like just what, to experience life and to love and to community. Community was the biggest thing that I took away from that is like, I need community. Yeah. I can't live without community. And, and, you know, like we're here to live the life. Like we're not here to, we're not here to uh, collect things, you know, we're just here to have the experience and, and, um, and be with people. Yeah. And like, you know, having all ranges of emotions, your sadness, your anger, your, your joy, your bliss, like, we're not meant to be robots and, and living in this, like, uh, all, like, what's going to happen, future, 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 like, only thinking about the future. Like, we need to live in the moment. And um, and then, you know, through this whole experience in COVID, like, everything changes, too. Like, my whole reality went upside down when I was like, oh, shit, I'm a white woman who's culturally appropriating yoga and acupuncture and all these other things. And, and it was like, I had to learn how to get a different relationship with what I am as a, a teacher and a practitioner. Um, and so through the last few months, I've been learning all about like, how do I create a more equitable business? How can I create more accessibility for what I do for the people who have been oppressed? Like, you know, what does it even mean to be inclusive? And, 
And, you know, all of that stuff, my, most of my path up until this point in COVID has all been like really internalized. Like, what am I doing to be a better person? And now it's like, oh, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier is like, okay, now I've done the work to be the best that I can be, but now how can I show up for the rest of the world to help other people be the best that they can be? Or how can I stand and fight for people who have been oppressed? Like, you know, there, there, everything, there's a lot of wild things happening in the world right now. And, and I can't sit back anymore and be like, it's okay. I'm just, I'm not going to, it's not happening. I don't see it. Like we, we really need to be out there on the front lines and, and fighting and standing up for the people who have been wronged. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So that's kind of been the journey. Another powerful. (laughs) That's great that you have that outlook and like, that's an excellent message and, and, we try and live that too. I mean, we're very happy to use this platform for voices for people who mm-hmm. are, you know, maybe they are part of the oppressed group and they need as many platforms or channels to like bring awareness to that and yeah, talk about like what needs to be done and how everybody can get involved. So, I mean, that's great. And it, it's a very tricky uh, situation because as white women also, like we, you know, we tread carefully because we don't want to, I think we're all afraid of doing the wrong thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's great that you're very like upfront about it and like acknowledging it and, and making those changes to. Um, yeah, very in touch with Yeah, it. like to, to do better and be better and help. Um, so we should all definitely take a page out of that book. Yeah, I mean, it's been We should take a a lot of pages out of your book. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe not all of them. (laughs) No, but I mean, it's been, it's been such a journey. Like, I just, I really do just, I I want the best for everyone. Since I was a kid, I always just wanted to help people. And, and whatever that means, I don't know. It's just... I feel like you're on a good path. To be happy. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing yeah, you're, you're on the path a lot of, of things that out. to help people yeah. physically <laughs> as well as mentally though because you have certifications in a lot of things that are for physical well-being yeah. and then yeah. the breath work is both physical and mental based on what you've said and and then Yeah, a lot of those yeah. things are both. Yeah, yoga, they, they, meditation, right. breath and and that's kind of like my like my my job title is an an acupuncturist like that's what I'm trained in I'm also um I also teach yoga and breath and I mean I meditation I'm not so much yoga these days but um but my whole everything that I do all ties back into mental health like that is my that's my mm-hmm. passion like mm-hmm. even when I'm doing acupuncture my passion is in working with the mental body the the emotional body and like how can we get people feeling better on all levels and it usually for me starts really connected to the mind and the breath is the gateway to that and that all started um after you had a you took your psych degree so yeah exactly. you had that background like the scientific uh look into that and then you kind of went and explored I don't want to call it alternative like what what do you call that the meditation and the I call it alternative and the yoga yeah, alternative, yeah, okay, health, alternative yeah. then I'll I'll call it that yeah, yeah whatever. so you know. have the alternative <laughs> and yeah me neither I never know because I don't want it's not alternative to what, but like, anyways, <laughs> like, it's still a very valid thing. I don't, it's so weird. I guess alternative to Western um, medicine, but no. So you have like the scientific background that brought you to explore the alternative way. And I just think that's like super well-rounded and really allows you to encompass um, a lot of, a lot of information in that respect, a lot of 
um, angles and how to kind of be the best that you can be. And so, like, thanks for also teaching other people that too. So, <laughs> well, we, paving think, the way I think for we found that a lot of people and like. For instance, um, Dr. Freed, who is a psychological astrologer that we've had on the show, and she combines combine. the science with, yeah. um, I'll, I'll call that spirituality as well, or alternative, um, because and, and found a lot of success utilizing both those expertise yeah. and specialties um, to help people like to help her clients or patients. Um, and I feel like that's more and more like what we're seeing is like the two worlds coming together because really yeah. one thing can't solve everything. And, and it is so much about yeah. the mind, right? Like we have to unlock what's happening in there and we can't just like keep ourselves busy all the time and be and, and just ignore everything else. Cause we all have some kind of like issue or challenge or something that we're trying to deal with and to go even as far as saying like serious traumas. Um, and yeah, like I, I've noticed in myself, like I will kind of bury that and push that away because it doesn't feel like it's like that big of a deal until you let it, like until you mm -hmm. allow yourself to feel it. But then when you yeah. allow yourself to then heal from it, it's a game changer. And earlier when yeah. you said like things come a couple days later, like after you um, ha did your plant medicine and after the breath work, it comes later where you have that more like intuitive knowledge or like feeling of like you got answers. Um, like I, I feel like that is so bang on. Like that's in any of the things that I've done, like even therapy with like a psychologist, like it did come later. Like in the moment I was just like, okay, like, yeah, yeah, what you're saying makes sense. And then when I took the tips and like advice and like went off on my own and was by myself, was no longer in the session, it opened up the door to be like, this is really how I feel. And I haven't allowed myself to feel that, or I haven't owned that. And I haven't accepted that. And so it's interesting that like, you just need to let your mind be free and like open and accepting. It's like when you gather all the tools and now you're letting the tools work, mentally speaking, work it out. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what we're missing is like, you know, the this whole disconnection to the land. Like there's, you know, astrology plays a big role in everything, whether people want to acknowledge it or not. Like, you know, last night I was on a walk with my boyfriend and I saw, you know, Mars out in the sky and Mars is like really red right now. And Mars is a warring planet. Like you know, astrologically, there's stuff happening that's kind of showing and what's happening in the world right now. And, and we've lost touch with that. Like, that was what my most illuminating moment in my 40 days of silence was, I, I don't even know what happened. But I looked up at the sky. And I just, I saw Orion's belt. And I was like, Oh, my goodness, it's all written in the sky. And like, people are so disconnected because we don't see the night sky a majority of the time. And like you look in the sky and it's just so magical. It, it, it just, you can't look at it the is, sky really and be is, like, yeah. oh, it's just us on this planet. That's this human experience. You just, you know, no. there's so much more than this. And, and because that's, we're just not getting still enough. We're not getting quiet enough. We don't get to see the magic of life. We miss it a lot of the time. And, you know, we don't allow it to, right. Like we don't allow yeah. it to be part of our day to day 
And when you, and when you, when you look into a story, like when I'm working with clients, like I, what sign they are plays a big role in who they are. And so if I can know these sort of aspects of them, I can understand them in a better way and I can help them better. Like, so integrating all of the stuff we can, like, I like to be able to use different tools because we're all different. And, and that's why I feel yeah. like I want to keep on learning and learning and learning and learning because <laughs> the more I can learn, the better I can help. We certainly couldn't be happier that you're doing all this. And um, like, thank you so much for being on the show. This was like so eye opening. I know like we, we fangirl over our guests that we have on, but like so fangirling over you right now <laughs> and everything that you, you teach and everything that you stand for. So it's just really inspiring to know that there are women out there doing their doing their amazing work and helping so many others and and just like giving us the knowledge that you gave us today like uh, something that we obviously take for granted something that we don't give a second thought is just breathing and it really can be life-changing based on what you've said for a lot of people if you just like stop for a minute or do one of your courses and and participate and just like let yourself actually breathe and the way you're supposed to breathe um and unlocking i i guess so many different things it could be anything mm-hmm. um and, and it again it just goes back to like so simple it's just breathing but like we don't even do that yeah. properly so and it's free now, <laughs> and it's very free for now <laughs> that's right so where can where can people find um how to get in touch with their breath like where can people find you so yeah. my the best way to reach me is through instagram uh, at bewithlove.ca um which also links my website is the same thing bewithlove.ca but in the like the bio place i have all the places that you can sign up with my courses that's kind of the easiest way to access my breathwork classes um but i'm also an acupuncturist so i i have um i'm seeing people out of my house and you guys are kind of far away but in the oakville area i do like um, something I've just introduced recently is pay what you can Tuesday. So people can get acupuncture sessions for mental health, um, at whatever they have, whatever they can afford. And, that is and so amazing. that's kind of my, my idea. Like even my breathwork classes are either free or pay what you can. So I want, I want people to be able to really access, access this stuff. And the six day course that I do is half price right now for through COVID. So the, everything's super accessible. Well, um, well, my boyfriend and Ian is how I know you. Uh, my boyfriend and your boyfriend are friends, so I know that they've been trying to get together. So next time that we are driving past uh, Oakville, I want to stop in. I want to try your acupuncture. Yeah, sure. yeah, you should definitely. I would love to. Have yeah, you. amazing, <laughs> amazing. Well, thank you so. Oh my God, thank you so freaking much. This was awesome. Yeah, and always thank you for as having me anytime. We'd love to have you on again and yeah, talk even more <laughs> yes. about this. I, I would love this to. Is the conversation we need to keep <laughs> we could, going. Yes. We could talk for hours, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. Um, but as always, you can find us at Herspective underscore podcast on Instagram. And uh, definitely everybody should go to Lori's page, check it out, and sign up for one yeah. of these courses. And start breathing. And start breathing properly. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, please. You please. probably don't know how to breathe. <laughs> please breathe. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to guarantee you don't know how to yeah. breathe. Even, even I struggle. Like, okay, let's put it out there. As a breathwork facilitator, I still have issues. We teach what we need, right? Exactly. Yeah. No, so. for sure. For well, sure. thank you so much, Lauren. Well, this has been absolutely so amazing. I've learned so much, and I have to commit to myself to, like, taking five minutes breathe. and just breathing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I hope everybody else <laughs> thank does. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.